Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is Out of Bounds, Dylan James, right here on JDF Sports, streaming live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere you get this po- this podcast, the show. I'm right here live this evening. Tonight, we're going to be talking about several things. Some news that happened out of Tennessee today, Tim Kelly getting hired officially as the offensive coordinator, which we will definitely get into this evening. We'll also be talking about Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs and the Eagles, who will prevail in this game. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. And also Tom Brady retired, Sean Payton got hired as the head coach in Denver. We have a lot of things to discuss And John Suggs is already chiming in, giving us his prediction for the Super Bowl. Chiefs 28 to 23. Interesting take take there, John, especially with the injuries they have there in Kansas City with Kadarius Toney, with Juju Smith-Schuster. Travis Kelsey did have a back injury, but obviously he still did his thing in the conference championship game. But there's uh, several injuries that are there that are going to be hindering this team, and especially the, the quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, his high ankle sprain is not fully healed at this point. I mean, obviously, it's a high ankle sprain. It's not going to just take three weeks for it to fully heal. And also, he tweaked it during the conference championship game. So we'll talk more about that later in the, in the show. Um, I'll give my prediction as well, and I would like to hear yours too. But if you are joining us this evening, feel free to share the show with your friends, with your family, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, everywhere you're watching us right now. Feel free to share with your friends because sharing is caring. We want to get as many people in here as possible to talk all of these matchups and all the headlines that are coming out of the NFL. And also, if you haven't done so yet, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Out of Bounds, Dylan James is there So please subscribe to us there. We'd love to get those numbers up on those platforms as well. But as we were discussing before, we have a lot to talk about. Number one story we'll talk about, kind of touch on just a little bit, and kind of talk about implications of what this move will do for other teams. There are other teams out here that were looking for quarterbacks, and Tom Brady will not be one of them heading into the 2023 season. He officially announced his retirement on a beach in Miami, where the sand for that beach is selling for upwards of $10,000 on eBay. Don't ask me why, it just is. But Tom Brady retires officially, saying that he's done with the game of football, and he's going to be starting in the Fox broadcast booth in 2024 after a year hiatus. He's taking a little hiatus from the game and from football and from life, and going to do his own thing with his family and Focus on that a little bit more. Focus on Brady Brands, which we did see a, a photo on Twitter that Tom had posted of him in his underwear in his room, and it's a mirror shot, and there are people, plenty of people out there. Will Compton, former linebacker for the Tennessee Titans and for the Commanders, and also for the Raiders, posted a photo mimicking Tom Brady, but he was referencing his Brady brand, which has... Uh, all this uh, shirts and, and just attire, essentially. But he was in the Brady brand underwear in this photo. A little too much for me to be able to, to look at on uh, on Twitter. But I looked it away from it pretty quickly. Uh, but still, yes, Tom Brady showing, him, showing us that he's very, very bored in retirement already. And he just announced, what, last week that he was retiring? So to the day that he announced his retirement last year, um, a year later, he he announced his official retirement. John Suggs saying, you think the 49ers defense take a step back since they just hired ex-Panthers interim head coach. He's talking about Steve Wilkes, which Steve Wilkes did a pretty good job as head coach in Carolina, considering all the things that were happening there. 
Um, he gets a shot. I mean, that's where his home is, defensive coordinator. We'll see if Steve will be able to come in there and provide a spark for that team to uh, get them up to snuff when it comes to uh, the NFC because the 49ers lost in pretty devastating fashion against the Philadelphia Eagles after Brock Purdy goes down with a UCL injury. Tommy John surgery is required for that. He'll be out for at least six months. That's what the initial prognosis is for Brock Purdy. I know that he was getting secondary opinions as well, but it looks like the Tommy John surgery will be a factor for him moving forward. So that leaves a void in the quarterback room, especially since Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be finding another home this offseason. And Trey Lance will be coming back but it looks like he'll be coming back closer to training camp because of his injury that he had, his ankle injury or or break um, that he had earlier in the season. So he'll be back in time for the 2023 season. So it looks like he'll probably be the starting quarterback there. But we'll talk about that in just a moment because I have some questions for you all out there to see who you think will land in certain places based on this retirement news. So let's get to that next. So Tom Brady retired. He's no longer going to be the Buccaneers quarterback. So I have a few questions for you all out there and I have my predictions as well. So the first question is, who will be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers next season? Currently as it stands, Kyle Trask is in line to be the next quarterback there in Tampa Bay if they don't pick up somebody else. He's going to be the starter. He's been there for a few seasons now and we'll see how he could do in that system. He's familiar with it. He's familiar with the play calling and whatnot. So having a few years underneath Tom, uh, Tom Brady probably is a good thing for Kyle Trask's development. He came out of Florida and played pretty well in Florida. I still think he could be successful in the NFL level. But who do you think will be starting quarterback for the Buccaneers next season? It's really tough for me to say Kyle Trask because Kyle Trask obviously... It'll be his first time starting. I mean, they, they they were going to roll with him as starting quarterback. I don't know if those conversations with Tom were because, from last season were because of what they were seeing. Kyle Trask saying, hey, can you stay one more season with us at least? Or if it was just his, his bug that he wanted to get back into the game because he had a chance to potentially go somewhere else. He was thinking about potentially trying to, uh, to see what he could do, but... At the end of the day, he decided to stay in Tampa Bay. You have Kyle Trask there, who's been learning underneath Tom Brady since then. But is Kyle Trask ready to be the starting quarterback? That's the real question in Tampa Bay. Is he going to be the guy to lead you to the playoffs, to lead you to the ultimate goal of a Super Bowl with that roster? You have Mike Evans still. You have Chris Godwin still. You have um, uh, Fournette still there as well as running back. So you have these these weapons on offense that you still have your defense is it's they they still have a pretty good defense down in Tampa Bay last year was just riddled with injuries mostly especially on the offensive side of the ball which I'm, I'm assuming a lot of those offensive linemen will be back from injury coming up in 2023 but when it comes to the starting quarterback position the best guy for that job next year is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy Garoppolo we talked about him in the 49ers uniform. He's not going to stay in San Francisco. He's going to leave the Bay. He's been wanting to do that since beginning of this year. He's been wanting to leave. Um, he got into a position where Trey Lance went down with an injury. Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, is the savior for a stretch, and then goes down with his own injury. So it's tough, tough sledding for Jimmy Garoppolo, especially in San Francisco. The biggest thing with me is with these injuries with quarterbacks in San Francisco, 
Jimmy Garoppolo is not the first quarterback to get injured there. Do we not remember Alex Smith? Do we not remember... Now we see Brock Purdy went down. Now we see Trey Lance went down. Now we see Jimmy G went down again for, what, a third time, I believe, in San Francisco. He's going down with an injury. So something there in San Fran needs to change for the quarterback room because they were on their last straw, especially having Brock Purdy there in that playoff game, in the conference championship game, against a mostly, a, a, almost a fully healthy Eagles offense and defense, a whole team almost fully healthy, and you have Brock Purdy leading you as your quarterback. He goes down with an injury with the UCL sprain or whatever they called it on the broadcast. And then you have your fourth string quarterback coming in trying to trying to play for you. Christian McCaffrey even put on the the uh, the wrist the wrist play caller and just went out there in a wildcat formation. Um, at least one, one or two plays in the game, which was very, very weird to see. And switching out helmets mid-game because he didn't have a helmet that had um, the proper communication in it uh, because the fourth-string quarterback went down with a concussion in this game. Josh Johnson, I believe it was, went down with a uh, with a concussion in this game. So you had Brock Purdy in there. He went down with an injury. Then he came back in the game later in the game, could not throw the ball because of his because of his nerve injury, his his sprain or whatever it was. So at the end of the day, they just had nothing. They could do nothing on offense. They need a quarterback there that can actually stay healthy, one. And two, I mean, they need to figure out what's happening with their offensive line, what's happening with something's wrong with them to have so many quarterbacks getting knocked out of play. Jimmy Garoppolo was one of those quarterbacks. Unfortunately, it happened to him several times throughout his career in San Francisco. I think that he still has enough to prove to a team that he can be a starting quarterback in another organization if he's able to stay upright. And if Tampa Bay can bring back the offensive linemen that were injured this year, next year, and stay healthy, then I think they can keep Jimmy G upright for him to be successful in Tampa. John agrees with me saying Jimmy G or Teddy Bridgewater going to the Bucks, which Teddy Bridgewater at this point is a, I think he's going to be a backup the rest of his career. Uh, I don't see a position for him to be the starter. That's Teddy Bridgewater will be the starter for the Bucks if Jimmy G, if Baker Mayfield, if who's another free agent quarterback out there? Um, Aaron Rodgers potentially will be getting traded somewhere. He's not getting traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, if those quarterbacks, all those quarterbacks that are out there, get picked up by somebody else, and the Bucks have to, if the Bucks wait too long. And they say, well, I guess I'll pick somebody. I'll pick Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. That's the only way I see them going with Teddy Bridgewater. But at the same time, if they pick up Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he could be a backup there too. He, they could say, you know what? We have enough faith in Kyle Trask for him to be the starter. Teddy Bridgewater being a proven backup coming in and helping us if need be. But Kyle Trask being the guy, I could see that happening. Jimmy G, though, to me is just, I think it's the perfect answer for the Buccaneers, especially... The progression Jimmy G's had in his career has been very similar. Uh, I mean, well, it, it, he wasn't going to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady anyway in New England. Why, my, why not make it that way in Tampa Bay? Why not make it to where Jimmy G actually succeeds Tom Brady in, in the Buccaneers organization? I think that would be the perfect spot for him. Now, let's go to the 49ers because the 49ers have a quarterback conundrum as well. And they were potentially looking at Tom Brady because of the hometown connection there. Um, for Tom Brady and the Niners. So in this scenario, who do you think will be the starting quarterback for the Niners next season? 
Trey Lance is on the roster. Trey Lance is, was injured this year. Will be coming back closer to training camp, if not closer to the regular season. Um, Brock Purdy will not be out there for at least six months. So at least the earliest I could see him coming in would probably be beginning of September, the week one. September 10th is is the week of week one. Um, John says Purdy will be the starter for the Niners next year. He also said, I would like to see Derek Carr go there to prove some of the doubters about him, especially if he takes but takes bucks further than Brady did this year. Carr had ha- had his worst defense his whole career. Yes, Derek Carr would be a good option too. However, I, I still think that the main reason why, I mean, Tom Brady was still successful this year. He still almost threw for 5,000 yards. He was, he led, or he was in the top five in most statistical categories for a quarterback in the league. Having the offensive line, he did. And that that's saying something because, because his, his center got injured earlier on in the season. Ryan Jensen got injured. Um, several guys in the offensive line got injured for him. So he did not have the protection that he had previously this year. So that's the bad thing for Tom Brady. That's the only bad thing. That's the, I think that's one of the main reasons why they lost the way they did, unfortunately. This season had the the record they did as well, just because of the offensive line, and that that just shows it's uh, very important, especially at his at Tom's age playing quarterback. It was important to have an offensive line. He just wasn't able to get that in Tampa Bay this year. William chiming in, hello sir, welcome to the show. Um, John says Purdy will start when he gets healthy, but they roll in with Lance. So going back to the question, who will be the starter for the 49ers next season? My prediction will be Trey Lance. Now, there was talk about Trey Lance getting traded before Brock Purdy got injured. There was talk about Trey Lance potentially getting traded. There was a rumor about Tennessee Titans because of the Rand Carthon connection. Who knows what what kind of say he had in that uh, acquirement of Trey Lance in the draft a few years ago. But I think that at this point, it's pretty safe to say San Francisco's rolling with Trey, especially if he can get back by training camp. Will they sign another quarterback? Will they sign a veteran quarterback to help in this scenario, I think so, because they're losing. They're losing uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, and until Brock Purdy gets healthy and is able to actually practice and get into the swing of things, I think they need a quarterback that could be his backup. And a guy I would look out for would be Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that, again, he can come in on a prove it deal with the Niners and be a backup. I don't think he's going to be a starter. I think Trey Lance is still going to be the starter. But I think Baker Mayfield would be a good option for them because we've seen it that pretty much any quarter, if, if Mr. Irrelevant can come into this organization, into San Francisco, and be a quality starter for this team to take them to the playoffs and the conference championship, mind you, Jimmy, uh, Baker Mayfield can do the same thing. Baker Mayfield can take that team, especially with the weapons around him. I know that Cleveland had some weapons too, but Cleveland didn't have the defense San Francisco has. So seeing that defense, seeing the offensive weapons he has with Elijah Mitchell, with Debo Samuel, with George Kittle, I think Baker Mayfield could be successful in games that he would need to start if he if he needed to start in lieu of Trey Lance, if Trey Lance goes down with another injury. I think that would be the perfect position for him and a, a launching point. That would be his, what, fourth try in the league, Cleveland then Carolina, then the Rams, and then now San Francisco would be his fourth location that he's been to. But I think it'd be a really good spot for him to stay and and learn in that Kyle Shanahan offense. We've seen that the, the quarterbacks there are successful. So 
I think that's a good thing for for both parties, Baker and for the Niners, to get a guy like Baker Mayfield who's had success in the past before and give him weapons that he hasn't seen before. I think that's that's a good thing for him. So um, Baker is a good name to look out for as well as a as a veteran quarterback coming in and helping Trey Lance in this scenario. William says Lance will be the star should be the starter. However, I think if they start out slow, he'll get yanked quickly. So I'm a believer they should have a contingency plan like a prove it deal like Carr, which I think with Derek Carr, especially what we saw at the skills sh- the skills showdown they had for the NFL this for the Pro Bowl, which we'll talk briefly about the Pro Bowl because come on, it was it wasn't it wasn't uh, a good product. I mean, the skills showdown every year is fun to watch. I, I enjoy watching them. You know the tar- the accuracy game for the quarterbacks. Um, some of the games they added this year too for the offensive linemen to get involved and and quarterbacks and running backs and all that stuff. It, it was good, but the game itself was 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 trash. Um, when it comes to that, though, I mean, Derek Carr showed he still has accuracy, showed he still has an arm when he was doing the accuracy challenge during the skills games. So I think Derek will probably have a few more suitors than the Niners. And also, I think Derek Carr will command a higher salary than someone they should be looking for in San Francisco. I mean, Baker, I think would be the best because I think Baker would actually take a deal that was lower than expected because of what's been happening with him the past year. But, um, I mean, Derek Carr is a good option for, for a lot of teams out there. Derek Carr is going to find a good home out there and, um, we'll see how it goes. Matt Ryan is another name that William brings up, which Matt Ryan's contemplating retirement. He made a joke on Twitter saying that he should retire. I don't, it might not have been actually him. I think it was a someone posted a joke saying, well, now I guess I have to retire on 328 and just live with that joke above my head if um, Tom Brady's retiring too. I, I, I do see Matt Ryan at some point contemplating retirement. I mean, he said he still has it. He said he can still play. I don't know. Watching him in the Colts organization last year, I mean, let's say this. If Carson Wentz can get a job from Indianapolis after what he did there with, with Washington, I'm sure there's a team out there that would sign Matt Ryan to a contract. But his contract, the last I checked, was very hefty. And I believe he's still signed with the Colts unless they cut him, which let me see if I can find the numbers real quick. I, I will have my producer, Tyler, coming in in just a little while. He is a little bit late this evening, but he should be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. So I'll be looking out for him. But let's look and see if we can find the salary number for Matt Ryan because it is pretty hefty. Um, let's see here. Matt Ryan, 2023, will earn a base salary of $19,205,000 uh, and a roster bonus of $10 million. So, and then William also says the Colts were our dysfunctional franchise. They are. They really are. The organization itself is is just as scatterbrained as their owner, Jim Irsay. Just all over the place. I'm I'm really surprised we don't have um, our Colts fan in here this evening. But again, yes, a very dysfunctional organization. Um, They've went through, what, four rounds of head coach coaching interviews so far and Jeff Saturday is still in the conversation to be the head coach for the Colts right now as we speak. Um, if that's the case, if Jeff Saturday gets hired as the head coach in Indianapolis, Titans fans will rejoice. Titans fans will party in the streets 
for many weeks until the season starts. We will be we will be celebrating. We will go to Indianapolis and and praise Lucas Oil Stadium because of that hiring um, for many years. Because Jeff Saturday should not be the head coach of the Colts, and it's it's best case scenario for us. If if they did decide to hire him, best case scenario for the Titans. Worst case scenario for the Colts fans out there, I'm sure there'd be plenty of them that would be very upset looking at the head coach position be filled by Jeff Saturday after what they saw this season, and it was just not not good for Jeff Saturday at all. Um, John uh, John Sugg said you wouldn't give Jeff, Joe Flacco a shot. I mean, Joe, Geno Smith surprised people this year. Yes, Geno Smith surprised people this year, but look at the age difference between Joe Flacco and Geno Smith. Geno Smith got dealt a very, very poor hand in New York. Very poor hand to start his career. Um, he he was able to just put it together in Seattle with the right coach, with, with Pete Carroll. I mean, if Joe, Flack, Joe Flacco could be an option. But as of right now, I, I believe he's still a, a, the a quarterback for the Jets. I believe he's still under contract. I can look and see for that. Um, but, I mean, Joe Flacco's not a bad... He, he's... Not a terrible quarterback. There are quarterbacks out there that are worse than Joe Flacco. However, I just don't see Joe Flacco beating out anyone currently to be a starter. Even if you brought him in, he has the intangibles. He has to be in the in the perfect situation to be successful. And I don't see a situation where Joe Flacco can be successful right now, unfortunately. There's a lot more quarterbacks out there that are better than not compared to Joe Flacco. So, um, but yeah, the Colts are looking at Jeff Saturday still, and that's going to be a shit show for the rest of the, the rest of the off season um, until they get a head coach, which again, the numbers are dwindling. Their coach is getting hired left and right, especially after the Super Bowl. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more people that are going to be snatched up. I'm sure there are contracts already in place or conversations that have already been had with coaches that are already in the Super Bowl, whether it be Eric Bieniemy, whether it be Matt Nagy, I'm sure guys like that will be taken very, very quickly. Um, so Trey Lance, I think, will be the quarterback for the 49ers next season. For the Raiders, now the Raiders were another team that were looking at Tom Brady potentially coming in, and that was probably going to be one of my favorites for him, was going to be the Raiders, just because of Devontae Adams being there. I think the team itself will be better next year. Uh, I think there were just some things that were um, weird in the scenario with Josh McDaniels being his first first year as a head coach there. But then also, you have Josh McDaniels, who is familiar with Tom Brady, Jarrett Sidham being his backup once again in, in Las Vegas, like they were in New England. Um, I think that that would have been a good scenario for Tom Brady. However, now, Las Vegas Raiders fans are probably crying, knowing they will not get Tom Brady, that they're stuck with Jarrett Sidham for the time being, and Derek Carr is out the door this season. So who do they go and get this offseason, to be better in 2023. There's one name that I can think of that is not technically available, but kind of is. And that's Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers going to the Raiders would be the best scenario for him. Um, Josh McDaniels is used to working with guys with with personalities. <laughs> A personality, I guess you could say, with Tom Brady. But guys who are very opinionated, guys who are hard-headed, um, but he, he's used to working with those kind of guys. I, I think Derek Carr, for some reason, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels never never got on the same page. 
I don't know what happened, but they just never did. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers there, teaming him up with Devontae Adams once again, I think that would probably be uh, a big deal uh, for for that team moving forward because I thought the Raiders were going to be much better than they were this year. The biggest thing was with the AFC West, I thought that the Raiders were going to be lower on the totem pole when it comes to the division, but they were going to still be a very strong team. But obviously with Josh McDaniels being there as the head coach, it didn't turn out that way and they could have been better, but they were not. So having Aaron Rodgers there, having it to where he can be back with Devontae Adams and reignite that chemistry they had together, um, I think that would probably be best fit, best case scenario for the Raiders and also for Aaron Rodgers too, because he is just, I think he's done with Green Bay. He, even though he's going on a four-day isolation and darkness retreat. He talked about that on the Pat McAfee show this week, saying he's going over there for four days in this darkness and isolation retreat, and he'll come back with an answer as to what he's going to do with his future. What he wants to do, either with Green Bay, does he want to retire? Does he want to request a trade to go somewhere else? Um, he'll have, he'll have his answer when he comes back from those four days. So we will know within the next week or two, what Aaron Rodgers is going to do heading into the 2023 season. Um, John Suggs saying Carr and Rodgers do a swap like Lions and Rams did QB going to have to eat some of that contract. In my opinion, Oh, green Bay is going to have to eat some of that contract. I, I think so. It's going to, it's a, in 2023, it's not that big of a contract, but then it starts getting bigger in 24 and bigger in 25. That's the cap hit situation. So it'll be fascinating to see what they do with the contract. But yeah, I mean, especially with Derek Devontae Adams, his new contract he got in Vegas, um, a lot of money is going to have to be moved around. A lot of restructuring will probably have to be done as well for these quarterbacks and these wide receivers and everybody else on the on the payroll to get underneath the cap the way they're supposed to. Um, William says, let's see here. Question for you, Dylan. If the Eagles beat my Chiefs, should we be talking about the Eagles as one of the greatest defenses ever? Look at the sack totals. It's comparable to the 85 Bears. Sorry for going away from this segment. Um, no, it's fine, William. We can, we can jump to this real quick. But when it comes to Eagles Chiefs, Eagles had some inflated sack numbers, especially earlier in the season. The majority of their sacks happened in the first, I believe, eight games of the season, um, they're still a very good defense. D- you know, don't 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 get it wrong. It's, they're still a very good defense. Their their offense helps them a lot because teams are usually playing from behind when it comes to playing against the Eagles offense. So the defense is is the result of the offense. The offense is very very good, very very potent. Uh, they, they can score at will. It seems like the past two games, the giants and the Niners, um, just were not close. Weren't close. I mean, even with Brock Purdy being in there, being the starting quarterback, I still wanted the San Francisco 49ers to win, but seeing how they played against the Niners defense, it's very hard for me to see a reality where Brock Purdy and the Niners would have won against the Eagles. So, I, I think, again, it's a product of their offense. That's the reason why their defense is getting the, the sacks they are. That's why the defense is getting so good, um, getting the turnovers, things of that nature. It's just because they're always playing from behind. But I, I, I can see, uh, I can definitely see an argument for them to be considered one of the best defenses 
in the history of the NFL, especially with the sack totals. Like you said, even if they are a little bit inflated, I th- as, like I said before, I think they're a little inflated from the, se- the early on in the season, but um, definitely a very, very good defense. And it's going to be really interesting to watch this game. Again, I'll show my prediction, and also Tyler just jumped in as well. We'll be popping him up in a moment and getting his prediction on the Super Bowl as well, as well as a score. So get ready for that, Tyler. Um, I'll give him a few seconds for him to get ready. But William says Aaron Rodgers is weird. Yeah, we'll get Tyler's opinion on this as well. Uh, Tyler's shaking his head in the green room. So yes, he is a bit weird. Um, especially the isolation and darkness retreat. Never heard of that, but I did today. So look at that. Um, John Suggs also says that means Rodgers is going to go for four days taking Ayahusha. Is that is that how you spell it? I, I say it. I'm not sure. Um, like he's done in the past. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. And William said, looking forward to the prediction. So um, I am as well. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. So anyway, without further ado, we'll welcome on my producer, as always, Tyler. Tyler, sir, how are you? I'm good. I just drove back from Gurney, which is about a 30-minute trip in about 20 minutes. So, Wow. Well, good thing you didn't get a ticket. Um, yeah. but I'm glad you're here in one piece. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the Raiders, talking about someone who could go there as the quarterback next year since Derek Carr is no longer going to be there. And my prediction is shocker, Aaron Rodgers. Your thoughts? I wouldn't be surprised. Devontae Adams is doing some trolling on Twitter saying he's going to buy a house next door to him. Um, do I think that Josh McDaniels is going to take that? Do I think he wants him as his quarterback? No. There's another quarterback that came out of uh, good old New England that is a free agent this year, which is Jimmy Garoppolo, which I would not be surprised if he goes there as well because he had to, he's had a tenure with Josh McDaniels before. He's sort of already implemented in that offense. He shows he can win by himself with a obviously had a good team around him in San Francisco still. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jimmy Garoppolo in the back black and silver next year instead of the red and gold. I, okay, I'll, I'll I'll go with this this whole segment again with you real quick. Just a very okay. quick <laughs> rundown of this segment because we were just talking about starting quarterbacks for different teams. Who will be the starting quarterback if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Vegas Gold uh, the the Raiders? Who yep. will be the starting quarterback for the Niners next year? For the Niners? Yep. We'll go with them first. We'll make an easy one first. Niners, I'm going to say it's probably going to be Brock Purdy. Like, until he shows you otherwise, I think there's... They, I would still worry with Trey Lance, especially having a second surgery on that ankle. I think it's going to be rough for him to come back. Play him in the preseason. It, just have, like, a normal quarterback competition. I think, if anything, you go Brock Purdy to start until he starts to show, okay, I, he, people have finally figured him out, and it's not just him. Until, I'd say this, though. If Brock Purdy does go out with Tommy John surgery... It'll be about a six-month timetable yeah. that he's out, yeah. um, which will be putting him right at about week one for the NFL season in 2023. So yeah. do you do you just wait? Do you have Trey Lance play in the preseason and wait for Brock Purdy? Maybe have Trey Lance start the season and then have Brock Purdy be the starter? I mean, yeah. If Trey Lance has proven what he obviously only played two games this season, but he looked bad in both those games i won't i won't deny it but if he starts to look that bad again then and you've brock purdy who went what nine and one ten and one isn't in, in his entire starting career so far he's sitting on the bench he's he's healthy he can throw it he can 
do what he did this year, then might as well throw him in. You have a good team around him. As long as you can win games, I don't think anybody will. I don't, I don't think anybody will be doubting you if you can win games. Like if you can win games with either quarterback, who really cares? Yeah. Um, last one. Who will be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers next season? DC eight. Derek Carr. Okay. Derek Carr will go. Derek Carr will go to the Buccaneers. He had this nice little, nice little scouting combine, which we called the NFL Pro Bowl this past this past weekend. He looked great. I only really watched him throw in the in the QB competition because I didn't watch Same. the game at all because it was very boring. Same. Um, but I think he proved himself that he could be a good replacement to for Tom Brady and the for Tom Brady with the Buccaneers. I think they'll be a great fit for him personally. Has a much better defense than he did with the Raiders at all times. I think the only thing that's really getting hit is running back, which even then, uh, the Rashad White is technically the two, but really the one behind. Uh, Leonard Fournette. I think so. Yes. So it's like really like obviously the defense for the Buccaneers is getting is getting bad. It's not as good as it was when they won, but not as good as it was. Yeah, true. But it's still like it's still a top fifteen defense. 15 defense probably top 15 offense i think really like even though tom brady still had a record year with him throwing the ball i think you could sort of see that his arm was going a bit and i think with Derek Carr there who is going to feel rejuvenated after basically getting kicked to the curb in 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 uh almost at oakland in las vegas <laughs> in vegas yeah who knows who knows what can happen in that with that organization if he goes there yeah, um, William says, hello, Tyler. He also says, Lamar Jackson will be a Raider week one. That's his bold prediction. He also says, Carr to Tampa Bay is an excellent fit. I agree with Tyler. Um, my fit for the Bucks was Jimmy G. Yeah. My pick for the Niners was Trey Lance. With a little sprinkle of potentially Baker Mayfield being the veteran quarterback presence until Brock Purdy gets back from injury, depending on how long the timetable is, I would not be surprised if, if Baker Mayfield resigns with the Ra- with the Rams. I wouldn't either, but we just don't know what's happening with Matt Stafford. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised as well as if we see like some, like Matt Castle or somebody like an old backup, like regular backup quarterback, not Josh Johnson, which I feel bad saying it because he's been around so long. For Joe Flacco. Multiple- Joe Flacco, but it's like somebody who's older who has that veteran presence. I don't think Josh Johnson is going to be a great fit if he does stay with the team next year after his concussion this year. Yeah, like, it's just get somebody, just get somebody who's who been around a while, was a former starter, play the two role, just somebody that can fill in. And while both of them are recovering from injury, especially during the especially during the offseason when you won't really have any reps with your quarterbacks until like probably right before training camp, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, William said, didn't Stafford get his back fuse? I have no idea. I knew it was something to do with his arm. Early, he, it was, he it had, was his, it was his elbow, right? He, yeah. He had Tommy John surgery to start. Oh, okay. The so season. it was like Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. And then he, and then he injured his back and his spine. Like the last few games of the season. Cause he had a concussion as well. And that's why they signed Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, I think he could have. If we can find out that, Tyler, that'd be great um, to see what that situation is about. But Joe Flacco, um, as, as John Suggs was referring to, he was talking about Joe Flacco earlier. Joe Flacco will be a free agent this year. Um, he only had a one-year contract with the Jets. I don't know if they would sign him back as a third quarterback because as of right now, it looks like it's going to be 
Mike White, and they'll probably have somebody else at that point too. Um, but I don't know if Joe Flacco will be in the cards for the Jets organization moving forward. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, John Suggs has spinal cord contusion. contusion. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that's yes. what the injury was. I don't know if he's had any sort of stuff for it. I know he's out for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure. Did he? I think he might have played the last game of the season, but I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. It, I wasn't watching much Rams football. The only game I watched for the Rams was the Packers-Rams game on Monday night because I went to it. So, Yeah. Yep. Um, and I watched the Rams game with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That was the one I watched. That was it. The first one when he first came in, you know, 48 hours later and he and he won the game. This is against Seattle, right? I think, I think so. Sounds like it was it against a better like, team. It was against a better team and, and he went in there and won. I mean so. Seattle was a better team this year, so Yeah, I mean yeah. Um so there you go with those those quarterback conversations. I mean again, it's gonna be really interesting to see what the carousel does this year because there aren't many quality quarterbacks who are actually free agents this year. They will be starters in 2023, but there's a lot of quarterbacks, especially you've seen there's so many injuries this year, you know, in Miami with Tua getting concussed with San Francisco going through four quarterbacks to get knocked out in the conference championship game. I mean, there's so many quarterback injuries, uh, the Rams. I mean, just terrible situation for, for a lot of teams out there. Um, I I do think that we're going to see, uh, quarterback carousel will it be that deep no but um, again we'll see some some names being thrown around pretty quickly March 15th do you agree with I, I don't remember where Kirk Benkert said this but the whole they should have three quarterbacks on a roster no matter what do you agree with that because now it's going to two a lot of the time not three because but ex- I think especially with this year you've seen a lot of quarterbacks go down with injury and I think having that third quarterback Maybe even a fourth that you can just redshirt and be like, "Hey, he's our emergency." Like have like an emergency goalie situation. Yeah, where yeah. he's on I mean, the roster, he can't be touched by anybody else. He's not really gonna. He's he'll be on the practice squad, but he can't be touched. But he can't be poached by another team. If your quarterback gets injured, he's there every game, ready to suit up just in case. Because because especially what happened in the championship game, I don't think I don't think um, Roger Goodell wants that, especially because it hurts ratings a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um. I, yes, I think that'd be a good idea, because on a game day roster you only have forty six players anyway, so you have that leeway of seven players um, that are technically on the active roster, but the game day roster it cuts down by seven. So I mean, I, make it forty seven instead of forty six. Just have an additional spot and make it to where it has to be an emergency quarterback. I, I think that's smart. I think that having that wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, or if they made it to where it's like you have an emergency quarterback, but it's an emergency quarterback for both teams, <laughs> that would be interesting. An emergency That'd quarterback per stadium. I think that would be That'd so be fun. fun to watch. Just get Joe Schmo who's drunk. Yeah, absolutely. Just get somebody. I mean, make it to where like you get like an XFL guy or like a USFL guy that comes in and is like just the quarterback for the stadium. Like if you need a quarterback, well, guess what? We got one night right here. Yeah, I think it's sort of difficult, though, because obviously I know, obviously I mentioned the emergency goalie because that happened against the Blackhawks a few weeks ago by Edmonton mm. because it was just, hey, let's get this guy because we're beating the Blackhawks by 18 points. Um, but I think, I think, I still think it would be good to have it just one per team, especially with how an offense is ran. Like, I think it, yeah, I think it would just yeah. be nice just to have something like that where 
He knows the offense. He's just there as an emergency just in case because you never know what's going to happen. It's the NFL, which, again, it's the NFL. Yeah. Um, John says Stafford will be back around August time frame. William said that I believe there should be expanded roster for the playoffs. I mean, at that point, I think that a 53-man roster, you have 53 guys. Game day, just 53, 53 man. Like, make it everybody goes on the field. I, I think that's a good idea. Um, I don't know who would say no to that. I don't know why they say no to that in the first place. I but, think the owners would because money. But Well, sorry. <laughs> I mean, would you rather have fully guaranteed contracts or would you rather have all your guys go on the field during the playoffs where you play at most four games? I mean, personally, I would much rather have make sure we win all four games, but... Well, yeah. Who knows what Dan Schneider is thinking? Mm, true. But, I mean, again, if you're winning all four games, you have 53 guys, you have a better shot of actually doing so if you have all those guys out there. But that's just yeah. me. Um, and William liked our com- my comment about the stadium quarterback. So I think that would be a good idea. Um, let's move on to these other topics quick, and then we'll get to the Super Bowl in just a little bit as well. Sean Payton got hired as the Broncos head coach. Finally, there was where there was smoke, there was fire. And there was a lot of fire surrounding the Denver Broncos organization. There was a a weird story that came out talking about Sean Payton, um, apparently saying that they they were not nice in the organization, the front office staff or something along those lines. There was a story that came out, but he came out on Twitter and said, this is completely false. I don't know who got this information, but this is not for me. So um, I'm glad that was brushed aside to where Sean Payton could go to the Broncos. Now the Broncos gave up a 2023 first round pick from San Francisco, which is number 30, number 30 overall this year. And then a 2024 second round pick, in exchange for Sean Payton from the from the New Orleans Saints and their 2024 third round pick. Your thoughts on this trade? Do you think it was too much? Do you think it was just enough for the Denver Broncos to get their guy? You know, it's funny. I was talking with my friends about this and they didn't even know you could get traded for, you can trade uh, for picks for a coach. A coach. They didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's happened before. It's happened multiple yeah. times before. A lot more times than we thought. John Gruden, but, Tony Dungy. Yeah. Um, pretty sure Josh else. McDaniel got traded a little bit ago. He technically got traded when he was when he the was, Broncos head coach. I think so, or something like that. Hmm. There's something like that, but I again, I think it's a good move. I Broncos needed a head coach, but the Nathaniel Hackett first year head coach thing what experiment didn't go right. I think they got their guy, they got somebody who will help Russell Wilson, especially with him having the Drew Brees stereotype that's surrounded him since week one, since day one, week one of him being in the NFL, of him being too small, everything like that. I think he'll be the best. I think he's going to be the best offense, the best coach for him in the long term. Coach I think Bell's even, too. yeah, I think even though, even with Pete Carroll being his head coach for a long time, the majority of his career, I think a lot of people will look at the Sean Payton years, if he is able to bounce back as, the best version of Russ his entire career. Yeah, I think so too. I think that this is going to be a good, a good pairing. I think, I think that you see the way he led his career with Drew Brees down in New Orleans. Now he's coming into an organization that has a story career, a storied, a storied past when it comes to quarterbacks, when it comes to success 
in the Denver Broncos organization, John Elway being there, being instrumental in the building of that team and just the ownership factor, uh, the front office role that he is assuming nowadays. I, I think that it's a great location for Sean. I think Sean can do some good things with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson apparently has had some sort of personal coach there in the in the Denver Broncos organization this season. And Sean Payton was talking to reporters, I believe yesterday, and said, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen anymore. My guys are going to be in here. That's who all is going to be in here. That's it. Like, <laughs> I'll deal with Russell Wilson if that's the case. This yeah. is the first time I've heard of this. It's foreign to me, but it's not going to happen when I'm here. I'm going to be the quarter. I'm going to be the coach. So I, I like that. Um, I think he'll be able to put Russell in his place a little bit. Hopefully Russell will be open to learning something different because I think it will be different compared to what he's seen. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a really good relationship between those two. As long as Russell Wilson buys into it, I think yeah. that those two are going to do very well together. Apparently he had been... On the phone with Drew Brees a ton the past week, getting to know more about Sean Payton as a coach and what he needs to do and blah, 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 things like that. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, Will William says, the Broncos start uh, stay getting fleeced. Start getting fleeced? Are getting fleeced. Aren't, you don't they are getting fleeced. The Broncos fleeced. stay getting fleeced with trades. Oh, stay getting fleeced. I, I get it now, William. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Also, he talked about the playoffs. I believe players get bonuses. Might as well reward some of those practice squad guys. I completely agree. John Suggs also says, heard Brian Flores turn down the cards job because the cards GM said they're sticking with the defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. Didn't the GM get fired? The Yes, but then there's a new GM there, and it is, the, um, it is the director of player personnel from the, or the assistant director of player personnel for the Titans. Oh, okay. I, I, Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I just hate that he's in Minnesota now. He yeah, he's in Minnesota. The defense around. Defensive, and yeah, the defense is not going to be bad <laughs> anymore. They're going to be very, yeah. very good. Um, I mean, it's, it's good to see Brian Flores getting, you know, getting another role, getting another coordinator position that's, that's higher up there. Hopefully it leads to another head coaching position because I think he was a very good head coach. Like I said, in Miami, he did a very good job with what he had and um, almost got them to the playoffs the way they were playing. But, yeah, I think he got it sorted in the stick there. Now he's getting his due, and, I mean, hopefully it's not just because of the lawsuit. I don't, I don't know if the – is the lawsuit still going? I think it's still ongoing. I have no idea. I, I stopped hearing about that after he got the job with Pittsburgh. Well, of it course, just... because the NFL is going to say, let's not talk about this anymore. Like, let's, yeah. let's just keep it under the radar. Let's don't talk about it. I think it's still – Going I wouldn't on though. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it is still going on. But again, another job too that Brian Flores could have gone to was the was the Broncos' job because their DC went to Carolina, I think. I believe, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure he went to Carolina, and then so. so I believe their DC position is open. Which having the, I think the Broncos had like a top 15 defense last year, so losing out on that is going to be big. Um, yeah, but. It's going to be interesting to see what their offense does, and hopefully their defense is as good as it was last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, another topic I want to hit before we get to the the playoffs, get to the conference championships, and also the Super Bowl. Tim Kelly was officially announced today from the Titans. It was kind of like a surprise announcement because there, there was no lead-up to this. It just kind of got announced officially today. Tim Kelly, the former passing game coordinator for the Titans, is now the offensive coordinator. He's been elevated into that role as of today, and he will assume the position 
that Todd Downing donned the past two seasons. Mike Vrabel gets his guy after asking for an interview with him back in 2021, was denied that interview request by the Texans, and now Tim Kelly will be able to prove himself as the offensive guru that Mike Vrabel thinks he is. Um, On Twitter and on social media and Facebook, there were several critics of this move, um, especially... The biggest thing I think, the biggest takeaway from this is that a lot of fans feel as though if you didn't promote him after the John Robinson hiring, or the John Robinson firing, um, or the Todd Downing DUI after we lost seven games straight, then why are you just now promoting him to the offensive coordinator position? Why didn't you give him a chance to audition for that role for four to seven weeks, however long you wanted to put him in there for? Um, to see if he was actually the guy first. But here are some of the comments that, that were on Facebook earlier today. And these are coming from the season ticket member 22nd Element Facebook group. 20, 22nd Element is the group that say, we're going to go to every game. I think you have to go to at least um, eight of the nine games or seven of the eight games in order to be in the 22nd Element. You have to go to pretty much all the games. So you're a very loyal fan and I, obviously I'm in a part of the 22nd element, but um, here are some of the comments. Shows where the Titans are as far as our offense goes. Nobody wants to come here and deal with this dumpster fire of an offense. Oh, well, it is what it is. All upside for Kelly, though. He turns it around and he'll be a head coach this next year. If we struggle, it'll be because we don't have enough talent and he'll get a pass. Kind of a strong comment, but at the same time, yeah. I see it. I, I understand where that person's coming from. Uh, yeah. Another person said, so we're promoting a guy to OC who just got fired by the Texans after coaching the worst ranked offense in the NFL. I get that Vrabel likes keeping things in house, but this is highly questionable and disappointing. Another one says, I am in good, I am in great health. So to stay that way, I'm looking to sell my PSLs due to the Titans repetitively hiring chump offensive coordinators to coach below average players. DM me if interested with a like a, a smoke coming out of your nose emoji and a face palm emoji. I mean, anybody who coached that team in 2021 for the Texans, it, that team was not good. Not good. Not the good. personnel was not good either though. Let's just no, let, but, let's put that out of there as well. Yeah. Also, but that whole team didn't have any talent or anything around it. They had a fake Matt Schaub playing quarterback, which they still yeah. do technically, but lame duck Matt Schaub. Yeah. Um, Let's see what the comment here says. William says, hope Malik Hooker shows improvement. Or Malik, Malik Hooker. Willis, I'm sorry, Malik Willis. Uh, Malik Hooker has shown improvement. Uh, Malik Willis, however, shows improvement. I hope so too. I think that with uh, Charles London, he's coming from the, the Falcons organization. He will be the new offensive game, pass game coordinator and quarterbacks coach for the, for the Titans as Pat O'Hara is going to be a passing game consultant or an analyst or something along those lines. Um, so a new voice for Malik Willis, which that that's a good thing uh, for his development moving forward. But with Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly was the guy Mike Grable wanted back in 2021, like I said before. Um, Tim Kelly could arguably be known as the guy who got the most out of Deshaun Watson in the Texans organization. The best years Deshaun Watson had, 2019 and 2020, were when Tim Kelly was the offensive coordinator. 
Now, he didn't call plays in 2019. Brian O'Brien, uh, uh, Bill O'Brien, was, was still calling plays in 2019. 2020, he was calling plays. But they still had a very successful passing attack, especially on first and second down, with Tim Kelly as the offensive coordinator there with Deshaun Watson playing quarterback. So I understand where Mike Vrabel's coming from, seeing some of the success he had with Deshaun Watson. Now, can you say that it might have been just Deshaun Watson, how good he was? Potentially, because he was a very good quarterback. Um, but again, first and second down, passing game, game, pl- game plan, play calling was very good with Tim Kelly. Um, so that, that's something that's, that's, that's something to look forward to as a Titans fan. When it comes to the the whole audition thing, you know, with Todd Downing getting his DUI after the Green Bay Packers game, leading to John Robinson getting fired after the Philadelphia Eagles game, uh, two weeks later, there was a sample size there that if Mike Vrabel truly thought that Tim Kelly was going to be the offensive coordinator, which obviously he was going to be. He should have put him in that position to see what he could do to show that he can actually improve the passing game and improve the offense overall to say, I can be your offensive coordinator moving forward. I can provide the fresh spark you need to be a good team again, to prove that, you know, 2019 wasn't a fluke when you were one of the top offenses in the league or 2020, I believe um, that you were one of the best offenses in the league. That wasn't a fluke. It's just poor play calling which I, I think Tim Kelly will do better at play calling than Todd Downing was. I think mostly anybody can do better than Todd Downing was doing as the offensive coordinator. So a lot of people was, were out there halfway through the season when this happened with the DUI and, and John Robinson getting fired saying, let Tim Kelly do it. Let Tim Kelly be the offensive coordinator. Give him the keys. Let's see what he can do. Now, people are upset that, Tim Ke- that people are upset about Tim Kelly getting fired. They're, they're upset about the upset people. Because they're saying, why are we hiring him? Because we were just looking at names like Matt Nagy, like um, Eric Bieniemy, these these offensive gurus out there. We were looking at the this wide net of people, but then you decide just to hire from from within internally. I completely understand both sides of it, both sides of the argument that it should have been an external hire, and that it also should have been Tim Kelly in the first place. That we just elevate him and let him. Let's see what he can do. Um, yeah. I think can at I, this point, yes. Oh, I was gonna. When you're done with this point, I want to. I want to yeah. throw in my little hat because I have. A, I have a few thoughts that I think might have happened. Yeah, yeah, season. absolutely. Um, my my thought is, with this hiring, with Tim Kelly getting elevated right now, the way he is, better personnel is coming in with Rand Carthon. So I think that was a huge deal for the Titans the past two seasons. Huge personnel was a big. Hit, miss in John Robinson's career because that's the reason why he got fired. Um, I think having better personnel, it'll set up Tim Kelly to be more successful. I think having an offensive line, potentially, hopefully, that can keep a quarterback upright, I think that will be even better if we can get an offensive line for next season. Um, but at the end of the day, if Tim Kelly doesn't do well in this organization as the offensive coordinator, if he sinks in play calling, for this Tennessee Titans football team, then that's when the questionable decisions by Mike Vrabel outside of game day will come into question. I think they'll they'll need to be had a tough conversation with Mike Vrabel 
if you're Rain Carthon, if you're Amy Adams Strunk, saying, what are you doing? Like, you, we're not going to keep doing this. And because we've seen it before, Amy Adams Strunk is okay with firing a GM just at the drop of a hat in the middle of a season. But you don't usually see that. Um, so I think that they'll have some tough conversations if that happens. Hopefully it doesn't. Again, hopefully Tim Kelly comes in and can prove all of us wrong and 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 prove that he's a better call play caller than Todd Downing. I think he already's he's already done that, I think, in my mind. So just watching his tape from the Texans when they actually had somewhat of a competent offense and actually had playmakers there, I think that they were able to do things very well um with Tim Kelly at the at the helm of the offense. And before you get to your point, I know that John Suggs says uh, with Herbert getting more offensive coordinator, how many yards do you think Herbert can get? And are they trading Kenan, Keenan Allen? Um, I think getting more is going to be a huge deal for Herbert. I think as long as Brandon Saley doesn't go for fourth downs each and every play, then I think that, that that's going to be a very, very good move for Keenan uh, Moore. Uh, Kellen Moore, I'm sorry. Uh, Kellen Moore, I think, will be an even bigger head coaching target too next season if he's able to get them further in the playoffs than the first round. That'd be great. Um, John says, Vrabel will be on the hot seat if Tim Kelly doesn't do well. And William says, Vrabel's seat should be scalding right now. Which, I don't think it should be scalding. I, I think that as of right now, we don't know what's happening. Like, after six, if we're five, six games in and we're the 32nd ranked offense again, then I think that's when Vrabel's seat's going to be pretty hot. But again, I don't think that conversation hit the table yet. I don't even think it's in anyone's mind yet to let go of Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel can be a top five coach in this league. But as of right now, um, the conversation can get to that point if Tim Kelly doesn't prove to be the guy. And last but not least, John says Ron Rivera sees more hot than Vrabel. I agree. I'm surprised he's still a head coach. Yep. Tyler, go ahead. My thoughts. Um, I would not have been surprised if they were holding off on him because they didn't want him to try to become an OC somewhere else based off of his play calling, especially within the last later half of the season after that Packer game because of how many coaches it looked like it was going to be on the hot seat this upcoming season. Because there's a lot of coaches that look like they're going to get fired halfway through the season already. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if they kept that. Two, I wouldn't have also been surprised if because they are keeping Ryan Tannehill at quarterback for the later half of the season. I know Malik Willis started against Houston, but even with that, that's sort of an outlier. I think they want him to get more reps in practice, everything like that, give him the Jalen Hurts treatment because he sort of has that Deshaun Watson sort of play style stereotype build where he's a very good runner. He can know he knows how to run the ball. I think he also he does he does make some dumb decisions. I, you know more than I do because I haven't really watched a lot of Tennessee games, but I feel like next year, I feel like it's going to be a lot. It's going to be night and day because I feel like they're going to be starting Malik Willis over Ryan Tannehill because of having, um, what, what was his name again? I can't, I can't remember. Brian Tim Kelly. Oh, no, Tim, Tim Kelly. Kelly. Oh, I was no, calling him Kim Telly. Kelly. Yeah. They're going to yeah. start, start Malik Willis over Ryan Tannehill. And then they're going to show exactly why they're both that way. That why they're why Tim Kelly was that good with Deshaun Watson because of how he's able to use his strengths to cover up his weaknesses, which is his. I wouldn't say his weakness is really throwing, but his weakness is like sort of poor decision management, sort of. 
like they can use that play action a lot more rather than I feel like with the old OC, I feel like they just sort of were like, uh, just get, still give it to, still give it to the King back there. But I feel like now with that, it opens up sort of a lot of a, a much more bigger play calling repertoire rather than just being like, Oh, we still have Ryan Tannehill who can't really move all that much. We'll have Malik Willis now with a better understanding play caller to, to understand how to use him, which I think is better than Matt Nagy and the other guy because they both have been fired multiple times because of poor play calling, in -hmm. my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with Ryan Tannehill and, and Malik Willis, Malik is not ready still. I don't even think even after an off season, he's going to be ready to be a starting quarterback for the NFL. So I still think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the starter. I still think that Ryan Tannehill has the intangibles that not necessarily Deshaun Watson. That I'm not saying that they're the same quarterback. I think he's much more of like a Derek. Uh, this is going to be a bad, another comparison, but I think much more of a Derek Carr ish, where he's. Uh, I, I still think. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is still athletic. He can still get out of the pocket. He can still run. Um, I, I, if if it were between Deshaun Watson and and Derek Carr, I would have to say he'd lean more towards Deshaun Watson's play type, which is a good thing too. I mean, I, again, I think that yes, Malik Willis is probably closer to that or can be closer to that in his development if he develops into a starting quarterback, which by all accounts everyone thinks he's going to or they they hope he's going to. Um, there have been conversations though that Rain Carthon is potentially shopping for the number one overall draft pick in the twenty twenty three draft. There was a report that the Chicago Bears had talked to two teams. One of those two teams was the Tennessee Titans. So uh, I don't know if we need to give up draft capital to get a guy like C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young unless you truly think that they're going to be the generational talents or one of the generational talents or a franchise quarterback for you for the next 15-plus years. Um, But... I think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback still, starting quarterback next season for one more year at least, um, and we'll go from there. Especially pushing his cap down the road a little bit, you know, restructure his contract, make it to where it's a less of a blow when we do let go of him eventually. But I think that Tannehill is going to be the guy, and I think that's the best option at quarterback next season. I mean, again, like another comparison too is like the sort of Joe Flacco, Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. sort of style, where you had two quarterbacks. One was very athletic. One was sort of getting on his the later half of his career could still move a little bit, but I think you're going to look at that sort of, I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Titans sort of adapt that sort of play style with a little bit less athletic secondary quarterback, but I don't think nothing can really match Lamar Jackson's athleticism. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Um, let's go to the conference championships. They occurred two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I guess you could say at this point. Um, Niners and Eagles, the Niners, after Brock Purdy went down, just didn't have a chance. Didn't have a chance. Josh Johnson went in for a few drives, went down with a concussion very quickly. Christian McCaffrey even went out there as a quarterback for a play or two, had the play calling wristband on, and was out there with his helmet. After Brock Purdy went down, Josh Johnson went down. He was actually putting on the helmet already with the communication, with the microphone in it to... to, uh, to listen to the play calls and stuff. I mean, it was just a mess, a mess for the Niners. The injuries finally caught up to them and uh, they just couldn't stop the Eagles either. The Eagles offense played very well, very well. And uh, they just punched their ticket 
That, I mean, it, that that's the short end of it. They, just, they were able to go in there, take care of business, punch their ticket, and move forward to the Super Bowl. That's to mention the amount of penalties, too, that the 49ers acclimated throughout the entirety thing. I get having your four-string quarterback now in the game. For a little bit, you're going to have a lot of offsides and a lot of – not a lot of – or a lot of false starts. starts. That's the mm-hmm. word the other way. But even then, even when Brock Purdy came in, it seemed like the offensive line sort of gave up. I think the whole – obviously, the whole 49ers side then was deflated. But even then, you were still close to it. It was like 7-7 still. There was still yeah. a ball game to be had, and then obviously the Eagles ran away with it in like the last two minutes where they scored 14 unanswered, but it it wouldn't have surprised me if it would have been a lot closer if it didn't seem like the whole team sort of gave up after Josh Johnson got injured. Yeah, um, I still think, though, at the end of the day, the way that the Eagles were able to move the ball down the field. Oh, yeah. I, I still think they would have won. I mean, unfortunately, I, I, st- I still thought the Niners were going to make it to the Super Bowl. Going into that game, I thought the Niners were going to win, make it to the Super Bowl, and, you know, go from there. But the Eagles just, they showed, it doesn't matter what defense is on the other side of the football. Like, a- as long as we're scoring points, our defense will keep you in check, and our offense will just go out there and play. And they did. And A.J. Brown... Uh, D- Devontae Smith, they, uh, Mike Miles Sanders. I mean, all these guys, Jalen Hurts too. All these guys are playmakers for this team, and they can hurt you in a lot of different ways. Which yeah. the Niners were supposed to do that too with Debo Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey, with George Kittle. But unfortunately, like you said, you know, Josh Johnson goes down, Brock Purdy goes down before that, and you just you're stuck out there with your hands going. I, I don't know what I need to do. But George yeah. Kittle at the end of the game said, I didn't have a quarterback. Like, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, and I, I, I'm i glad he recognized that. But at the same time, too, you could tell that they sort of thought about that in the second quarter. Like, I feel like if they, obviously, you, it's basically you can't throw, you can't have one, you're basically a one-dimensional football team, which a lot of people are still, I'm not dogging on the Titans, but the, the Titans are sort of a one-dimensional football oh, team no, they are. a lot of the times. Because they have that, but it's Todd Downing. <laughs> yeah, like it's so it's still reasonable. But again, at the same time, you sort of thought, you sort of saw that already. That mentality of what the, what are we going to do now with Brock Purdy back in? You could still run the ball. You still have Debo. You still have a lot of these explosive playmakers that can get you the ball. If anything, you can go into Wildcat. You can go into these different things. Kyle Yuschek could go in as a as a blocking. Like literally, just have Kyle Yuschek in every single play. But they just sort of. I think they were sort of didn't know what to do and they were like well the game's over now yep so screw it yeah yeah unfortunately for them um so the eagles breeze past the 49ers in that game Bengals and chiefs was a game that a lot of penalties in this game too um penalties that were not called in the last two minutes of the game with the chiefs in possession of the ball and driving for a touchdown or driving for some points to get a field goal, at least to win it. Um, that last minute hit out of bounds on the quarterback, which th- there were several calls leading up to that call that were not called. There was a block in the back um, on one of the defenders for the Bengals that was not called. Um, there was a hold on the offensive line when that play occurred with Patrick Mahomes getting hit out of bounds that was not called. So there were several things that happened in that last minute, minute and a half of the game that probably wasn't the most kosher. 
Um, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs go in there and get the job done against the Bengals and make it to where now Patrick Mahomes is 1-3 in three against the Bengals in his career, against Joe Burrow in his career. Um, the biggest thing for me, though, in this game, the Chiefs, I think one of the main reasons why it was so close to is because injuries. Injuries in this game, Kadarius Tony went down with an injury with a ankle and hamstring injury. Nicole Hardman went down with a pelvis injury. He was added to IR today, but also um, Clyde, Ed- Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got elevated to uh, the active roster from IR, so that was kind of a little swap there. Patrick Mahomes, obviously with the high ankle sprain, he tweaked it in the second half of that game as well. Travis Kelsey went into that game with a back injury, but didn't show it because he got a touchdown in that game. I believe he got two touchdowns, or maybe just one. Might have just got one. one. Um, But he played really well, too, for Patrick Mahomes in this game. Kadarius Toney, like I said, Willie Gay Jr. from the defense had a shoulder injury. And also, Legereus Sneed had a concussion, um, so they're all questionable at this point. And Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm sorry, Juju Smith-Schuster as well went down with an injury too. So there were a lot of injuries for those these playmakers. Even though they are questionable right now, they'll probably play in the Super Bowl. But I am worried about the Chiefs and their effectiveness because if any of them tweak those injuries then it's going to be really tough for them to overcome what's happened with the Philadelphia Eagles offense this year. Especially with Travis Kelsey. If he tweaks that back, that's their entire offense basically gone. He's the only one that's not, I wouldn't say he's not the only one that's not banged up, but he's the only one that's been stable while banged up. Like every once in a while, like Juju Smith-Schuster missed a majority of the game last week because of his injuries. Nicole Hartman missed. Kadarius Toney missed. Travis Kelsey has been the one that's been that solid rock. And without him part of it, then what are you going to do? Like, I think even with, if Patrick Mahomes misses it for a few for a few plays, and you have back up Chad Henney, I believe. I think it's yeah. Chad Henney. Chad Henney. Like, Chad Henney still proved himself in the against the Jaguars. Obviously, that is the Jaguars. But he still proved himself that he's a good quarterback. He's a good backup quarterback. So it's like, I think even with Patrick Mahomes missing a few, he should be fine. But it's like, if Travis Kelsey goes down, it's, it's game over. There's no there's no offense or fuss about it. Yeah, I mean, well, and obviously now he's had two weeks. He'll have two weeks to get that back injury healed up as much as possible. Um, they have been resting a lot during practice this week and whatnot. But again, there are a lot of players on the Chiefs side of the football that are injured going into this game. The Eagles, however, really don't have many injuries to speak of. There was a lot of, on the injury report today. I saw a lot of guys out for rest. Uh, but other than that, though, nothing holding anybody back. There are no questionable tags on the injury report for players for the Eagles. So you're going to see AJ Brown. You're going to see Devonte Smith. You're going to see Jalen hurts. You're going to see Miles Sanders. You're going to see Dallas Goddard. You're going to see all of these guys coming out and playing as healthy as you can be at this time of year. Yeah. Which, which is going to be tough. And again, yeah. the, the biggest, one of the biggest takeaways for me is what happened in 2021. When Tom Brady and the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes running around trying to save for his life the entire game. The the defense was on him the entire game. That was the game where he also was horizontal to the ground and threw the football at Tyreek Hill in the end zone and the football hits him in the helmet and they they, they missed the, the touchdown. So the wide receivers were not able to get the football in that game. They were dropping passes left and right. Patrick Mahomes was under duress the entire game, too, from that defensive line. Um, blitzes everywhere. 
That's the only thing I see about the Eagles is this defensive line. Will the offensive line for the Chiefs be able to hold up against what the defensive line has been able to do all season long? William talked about it earlier tonight, saying that their sack numbers are very good this year. Very high, like they are sacking quarterbacks left and right this season. So the Eagles defense is going to be getting to Patrick Mahomes a lot or trying to get to Patrick Mahomes a lot. Um, and I, I, I can see them getting to him numerous times in this game, getting several sacks in this game with how everything's been going on with this team, especially with his ankle injury too. He showed a bit of mobility in the conference championship game, but again, he tweaked it again in the second half. So if he tweaks it at all in this game, then it's not going to be good for the Chiefs. Not going to be good for the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes will probably have the same performance he had in 2021 against the Bucs. Yeah. Like, this game is going to be very... I don't want to say one-sided, but I can feel it going that way. Especially if the Chiefs don't get healthy, which hopefully they will because they'll have a two-week rest, basically. But if they if they, if, if they tweak something and something comes up, then say the majority of the team just tweaks their tweaks something that have already tweaked. Um, it, it's going to be rough for the the chiefs to hang in this game, which I know Andy Reid wants to, wants to have a little bit of revenge from their, from his former team. So, yeah, I mean, and, and again, the chiefs this year, I think they have a better, a better defense. They played better defensively than in 2021. So there's that at least um, they will have defense on their side. Uh, both teams have, have solid defenses. It's, it's all about offense. Really? When it comes to this game, I, I think that that's going to be the biggest takeaway is who can get stopped first, really. I mean, which offense will be able to get stopped, which offense will um, be able to overcome what they'll see on defense, overcome all the obstacles that they'll be facing. And uh, man, uh, John Suggs that says the Chiefs will be healthy come Sunday. Watch. They might be healthy when they go into the game. But again, if if the the Eagles get their hands on Patrick Mahomes once, it all it takes is one low hit or one finish that ends on Patrick Mahomes' ankle. That that's all it takes. And if if that happens, then you're going to see a hobbled a hobbled Patrick Mahomes on the field and uh not going to be good. John says who says hurts his shoulder is 100%. I mean, it's looked pretty good the past two games. I'm not saying it's 100%, but he's not really showing any signs of it hindering him against the Giants and against the 49ers. He was able to throw the ball. So, I mean, that's the thing. This matchup is going to be very interesting. I hope that both teams are as close to healthy as possible because I want to say that's always, that's always what I want to see in a Super Bowl, in a big game like this, you want to see the best of the best going up against each other. And it's for the Lombardi trophy. I mean, they're all going to be playing up to the, to at as high as they can get to hundred percent. Um, but there has to be one winner in this game. And that's what leads us to our final question of the evening. Who will win Super Bowl 57? And what's your final score prediction? Tyler, I'll go with you first if you're ready first? to go. Well ready to go. My my sweatshirt has a little bit of a has a little bit of preview on it from Super Bowl fifty two. Oh. Little Nick Foles, baby. Well Nick Foles, fly Eagles fly. Philadelphia's winning this game hundred to zero. 
<laughs> they have they have rookie corners. They have a rookie. They have an entire rookie defensive back for the Chiefs. They're not going to be able to stop Devontae Smith. Not be able to spot that entirety of the of the of the Eagles passing core. It seems like yes, they've been running the ball primarily, but that that Eagles passing core is underrated. It seems like almost with how good it is. Um, my genuine my genuine thoughts to that. I feel like the I feel like that the Chiefs will the Chiefs will start out strong. I think it'll be like a 14-10 half. And then the Eagles would just explode in the second half, like thirty-eight to thirty-eight to twenty, something like that. Wow. Um, John Suggs says Kelsey wins it, twenty-eight to twenty-three. Chiefs is his final score. He also said put one thousand on Kelsey. Which, if you're putting a thousand on Kelsey getting a touchdown, then that that's, I think that's a pretty safe bet. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs do get it if Kelsey wins MVP. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like you said before, if Kelsey's on the field, then I think it's probably oh, which one because of Jason and and uh Travis. And Travis as well. Yeah. Um that that's going to be pretty interesting. There is also a petition out there that their mom I, I, Yep, I signed it, Donna. Everyone's wanting their mom to be the coin toss. Yeah. For the Super Bowl. I signed so, it. It'll be fun. Be great. It'll be, be great. great. So yeah, go out there and go vote for that because I think that would be that's a that's a really that'd be a really good coin toss. Maybe even better than Joe Namath. When he went yeah. out there, remember when he, he went out there with a big jacket on, he flipped the coin. That was, that was great. That was what? That was forever ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was uh at least eight, ten years ago. At least. Me fourteen. That was that okay, was so nine Bronco, years ago. That was Broncos Seattle. Wow, Broncos Seattle. Nine years ago. That game, which the first snap was a safety. That that game was That game was something else. Crazy to watch. Crazy to watch. I was working at Buffalo Wild Wings and and yeah, the whole bar like exploded when that happened. <laughs> like every, everybody there was Broncos fans because it was in Cookville, Tennessee. So the heart of volunteer country, they, they were all there for Peyton Manning, wanted him to win. And he just, whoo, it, it, they just ran all over the Broncos that game. The Seattle Seahawks just yeah. came in and, and whooped them. The yeah. Legion of doom, baby Legion of doom defense wins you championships. And in that doom? case, what? That, not Legion of Doom. Um, the Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom. That's right. Legion yeah. of Doom was the Steelers. No, that was a steel curtain. Legion of Boom. Legion of Doom is, I think, I know Doom is a comic book character. I thought Legion of Doom was something else, too. Anyway, um, Legion of Boom. See, I think it's WCW. Oh, is it? Maybe. Or that's the Road Warriors. I don't know. Anyway, um, Super Bowl prediction for me. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be closer than you think it's going to be. Um, Doom was a computer game. Yes, it was. I used to play Doom. I thought it was, I don't know. Um, I played Doom on Atari at school. That was fun. I, I played it on PC. Played it on my old Wait. Windows. It was a wind. I forget, it was a, an old school Hewlett Packard, I believe, was the, anyway. Uh-huh. Um, Windows 98 was, was the operating system. Super Bowl 57, I think, will come down to defense at the very end of the day. 
I think that they'll be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, especially with those injuries. I think that some of those injuries might be tweaked in this game on the Chiefs side of the football. So I say the Eagles will win 34, Chiefs 28. I think that we're gonna I think we're gonna see again, I think it's gonna be a closer game than than most people might think it is. I th- I don't even know what the spread is right now. I think it was like two and a half last time I checked. Uh, um, it is currently on FanDuel Sports. The spread is if my phone loads. Let's see um, here. Super Bowl. A uh, line is Philadelphia negative one point five over under is fifty one for ESPN and South at least. So Caesar. Oh, one and a half. Okay. Yeah, one and a half for Philadelphia. So fifty one points though over under. So who? It's what? I mean that's. I don't be fifty eight. So yeah, that's sixty two. So I mean, yeah, I, I think it'll go over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Eagles will 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 prevail in this game. And John also says Windows NT, then Windows ninety five. Actually, was it ninety five? I don't know what it, I think. I think I had ninety eight on mine, but he might be talking about his. But yeah, Doom was a good game too. Um, but yeah, I think the Eagles will win this game, 34-28. If Patrick Mahomes didn't have the high ankle sprain, I don't, none of this would, would matter. I think the Chiefs no. would win. The Chiefs yeah, would win. No. Yeah, but... But unfortunately, injuries happened in this game, and uh, we saw we saw that, especially last week, the conference championship with uh, Brock Purdy and the Niners, going down to four quarterbacks. They went through four. They had to play Christian McCaffrey at the quarterback position. They're gonna if if Kirk Benkirk was still on the roster, they would play Kirk Benkirk in the in the championship game. Which, man, I love him, but man, that would have yeah, Ooh. that would have been tough. Anyway, guys, thanks for watching this week's episode. We are going to take a we're probably going to do a little recap show next week sometime. Probably not Tuesday because it's going to be uh, Valentine's Day, but we will announce it at some point. It's going to be a shortened version of the show. Um, and then after that, we'll probably be taking a few weeks hiatus from the show, um, up until we get to free agency for 2023 free agency starts on the 15th. I believe our next show will be the seventh, which is March 7th. So that's one week before free agency starts. We'll have some draft analysts come on the show, talk about what's happening with the draft, who we should keep our eyes on. We will also have some people coming in, some insiders with potential insider information about the the ongoings of free agency in the NFL. It's going to be really interesting to watch. So be sure to tune in there. Go on to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, to wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe to us there, Out of Bounds with Dylan James. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, social media. We're there, JDF Sports. Follow us for all the latest and greatest in the world of sports. Puck off coming at you on Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern time right here in JDF Sports. John Suggs says March Madness. Yes, March Madness will be coming up as well. It's so crazy to think March Madness is just around the corner too. Mm-hmm. We're already yeah. a month. We're already a, almost a month and a half into the new year. Yep. Which... Insane to think about. Insane. Anyway, guys, um, I'm Dylan. That's Tyler. Thanks so much for watching, and we will talk to you guys next time. Wow.